Wednesday morning, 5.35, the time on Talk Radio 790-KABC, Royal Oaks in Fred McIntyre this week. So, uh, Rob Marenko, I guess we uh, we learned our lesson the other day when Randy Wang played this fine song. We we realized it, it was, in fact, ABBA. Yes, it was. Uh, I think it was either the Beatles or the Stones <laughs> or no. twi- or Twisted Sister. Yeah, maybe Twisted or Sister. Or ABBA. I had right. it narrowed down to those four. Now we got it. And what happened to you last night? You got so stuck with ABBA that you watched Mamma Mia three times? You know, I love that. <laughs> I love that movie. When you have a singer like Pierce Brosnan just belted out, I mean, it doesn't get any better than no, that. No, it really doesn't. You know, there's Josh Groban, there's Babs Streisand, and there's Pierce Brosnan. Oh, yeah. Must have been embarrassing for him in having to try to sing. At least Meryl Streep, she's such a trooper. She can pull it off, even though she's not a singer. But, I mean, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> but uh, who is the gal, the young blonde gal, that, that has such a beautiful voice in that in that movie? Uh, Seyfried uh, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, she, she was marvelous. Yeah, Rob, so. like you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> all right, I want to encourage the guy. I don't want to stop the whole conversation here. But, uh, you know, I actually did. I, I know who he's talking about. And uh, I can't think of her first name. Though. It, it, wonderful voice. Yeah. It, it was a really fun movie. It was a really feel-good movie. So, uh, And, uh, yeah, so uh, that, that kicks us off because money is our focus. And uh, we're going to be following up on a big story from yesterday uh, with our friend reporter uh, Chelsea Wade. And, uh, Chelsea, welcome back to KABC. We, uh, we want to follow up on the weird affluenza story that's got a few uh, twists, uh, maybe an unfortunate twist in the mind of a lot of people. Morning, Chelsea. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing just well. How about you guys? Well, I was doing better until I heard that uh, our affluenza guy, uh, this uh, Ethan Couch, age 18, might not uh, have the option of going back to prison for 10 years or so. Uh, Tell us uh, the latest in terms of uh, what his future might hold. Yeah, it's kind of confusing, so I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. What could happen is he will meet with a judge. Likely today, uh, we have had reports that he might be arriving in Houston sometime, probably this morning. He will meet with a judge, and basically, if he stays in the juvenile court system, the max he could get is four months, and then he would be put on another eight months of probation. If at that time he messes up, then we get the prison sentence of uh, possibly 10 years for each person killed in that crash. Now, they're wanting to go ahead and move him to adult court with this probation because the penalties will be a little bit stiffer. So it it appears that, yes, he he could face a little bit of jail time, but ultimately he'll be put back on probation, I guess essentially getting a second chance. And if he messes up at that point... Well, but, you know, let's be real. Nobody's that stupid. Uh, I mean, he's not going to mess up a second time, I would think, after after this situation. Royal, so, you got to remember, he doesn't know right from wrong. Come he, on. I, I guess he that's true. Again. He, he's probably, probably still suffering from uh, the last symptoms of affluenza. So so this idea of getting a few months now, four months, and then if he messes that's not an option, okay? I, I'm, going, I'm going for plan B. Now... I'm looking at the copy here, Chelsea, and it says that the district attorney, uh, Sharon Wilson, she seems to have a strategy. She's got a plan. She says she wants to request to transfer Mr. Affluenza's probation case to adult court sooner than when he uh, turns 19. Uh, And if she gets this transfer, then a judge could impose stricter terms and give him up to eight years of stricter probation and you know who knows if maybe in adult court they might have the option of giving him some more jail time are you hearing that 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 you know is is a plan that might work or or are people saying you know the district attorney is smoking something 
you know, it's hard to know because there are so many people here who would just love to see him go to jail for a long time. And so that is what we are hearing uh, and the way that the law works. I don't know uh, if he'll be able to uh, get more jail time or how it's all going to play out. Uh, but certainly people here wanting to say he shouldn't get a second chance. And I think that people who were with the case initially also saying, you know, it, we messed up. Like, this shouldn't have happened. So I think they're trying to right their wrong, but I don't think that they can rewrite the law, so to speak. Yeah, and that's certainly the problem. Now, uh, part of the story tells us that uh, if, in fact, he were to have adult probation, uh, and then uh, the district attorney could request that if he violates that, that he would spend up to 40 years in adult prison. So that that sounds good. I hadn't heard about the 40 years. I mean, 20 years is what the prosecutors were asking for when he was when he was convicted. But, you know, I, I don't know if you've been hearing this, Chelsea Wade, there when you've been reporting it on the ground. But I, I know, Rob Marinko, I've heard you mention it on the radio. People have been calling up and saying, let me get this straight. Because he's so rich and it was so coddled, he didn't know right from wrong. What about all the people in families who are basically, you know, low-level thug crime families, and they bring their kids up to put them out on the streets, yeah. and they're, they're crooks. And those kids were not taught right from wrong. And then what about a third category? Oh, say sociopaths, people who really don't care about the suffering of others, and so they obviously Give them don't. Give a break. No. Come Why on. wouldn't sociopaths, kids from families that are basically crime families, as well as the affluent, why wouldn't they all be entitled to have a psychologist say, well, they didn't really know right from wrong, so you shouldn't put them in prison. I, I mean, Chelsea, are you getting any kind of feedback along those lines that, you know, this system is really broken to allow this kid to get off uh, of, regarding this crime? I haven't heard that the system is broken, but, you know, the judge in the case who shortly retired there after this case wrapped up, uh, the judge in the case cited Texas law that in juvenile court you work to rehabilitate the juvenile who uh, was in trouble. In adult court you work to protect the citizens and the people that they could harm. And so the way that Texas law is written, that is uh, essentially what the judge's excuse was for um, giving him the probation. You know, we cite affluenza, which definitely played a key role in his case, but the judge saying, no, it wasn't the psychologist's testimony. It was me wanting to rehabilitate a teen. Well, that's just idiotic. I mean, really, <laughs> if you've got Bonnie and Clyde and they happen to be 16, they're Bonnie and Clyde, okay? They're going to they're gonna riddle uh, banks with machine gun fire, and you want to protect society as well as helping the kids. Now, I know they have rules. Like It's frustrating because in juvenile court out here in California, for example, basically it doesn't matter how bad you are. If you're, if you're 12... Uh, and, and you uh, bump off five or six people, you're out at 25. You know, they can incarcerate you, but if you're young enough and immature enough, you're done with the judicial system at 25. Uh, but, you know, they got to have a top priority of making sure the public is protected as opposed to just focusing on, on helping the kid. I mean, it's really fr – Texas of all places, you'd think Texas would get their act together and, and not let these guys – I mean, he kills four people and he does absolutely no time. I'm glad this judge decided to retire. <laughs> That's the consensus among many people here. And, you know, as this uh, continues to unfold, these families are just, again, reminded of the tragedy and, and sort of the injustice that they felt that they were done. Lawsuits were filed against them. And even those lawsuits 
didn't even go as far as the families would have liked. So it's a bizarre case, and certainly um, a lot of people here hoping that something can be done. All right, Chelsea Wade in Dallas, Texas, thank you for the update. We will uh, keep following the story and maybe talk to you later in the week. Appreciate your help. Thank you so much. Thanks. 5.43 the time. Talk Radio 790-KABC. Royal Oaks in for Doug McIntyre this week. And that sound means only one thing, Bill Thomas. How are things looking this early morning on the freeways? Try to have a balanced breakfast. I'm cooking for Cocoa Pops. Uh, what time does it start? Not tomorrow, not after breakfast. <laughs> now. It's McIntyre in the morning with Doug McIntyre and Gary Ray Elmer. 607 The Time, Talk Radio 790-KABC, Royal Oaks in for Doug McIntyre this week. Happy Wednesday to you all. So, Rob Marenko, uh, I guess we've had a little news about uh, some earthquakes. Uh, I think there was a DeVore earthquake uh, earlier this 4. week. 4.4. Yeah, 4. Yeah. 4. Yeah. Not, not too dramatic. Not but t- if, you, if you're sitting on top of it, it gave you a good jolt, and, and some people obviously in the Inland Empire felt it, but, you know. Four point four. You're not going to get uh, damage, you know. Yeah, we're we're grizzled veterans out here, yeah. so uh, 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 that's not going to be uh, anything too- under a five. Is kind of like eh. Speaking of grizzled veterans, uh, George Pataki, uh, who was governor of New York, uh, yes. big. Uh, well, he was a nine eleven guy. He was the governor, I think, from the mid from the mid nineties yeah. to the mid to yeah. like about two thousand five. Yeah. So for some reason. Figured maybe he could make a run for it, and we just have learned uh, he's out of here. Yeah, he's many people here. just found out today that he was running for uh, the nomination. Now, he was breaking on KABC. He, he was always at the child's table yes. at the debate. You know, they, it has to hurt your ego sure. when you're told as a Republican presidential debate candidate, yeah, the good news is you get to be on national television and you're in a debate. The bad news is you're in the undercard. Right. You're at the children's Everybody table. Everybody for the big debate to step forward. Uh, not so fast, yeah, George. You're, uh, nobody's going to be watching you. Yeah. So P- Pataki was in there. Uh, I was reading about it. I didn't realize the guy's six foot five. Uh, a, a giant of a man. Well, not compared to Bill de Blasio. I think he's, uh, he's even got the height advantage. But uh, it's got to be hard on the ego. The other ego problem, did you did you hear, uh, Rob, that the New York Times made a little mistake uh, about a week ago? How's that? Well, they had a picture of uh, the three presidential candidates on the Democrat side. Uh, there's you know, Hillary and Bernie and uh, Martin O'Malley, the former governor of Maryland, right? <laughs> so they're walking along the, the street, and they have a picture of the three of them. And you know, want to know what the caption says? In the New York Times. What's that? The old gray lady? No, even better. Hillary, well, that's their nickname, sure. Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and unidentified man (laughs) in Manhattan. Oh, my gosh. What's that going to do to his ego? Oh, that's great. I mean, he's getting beaten up every single debate. Nobody has any respect for him. And the New York Times doesn't know who the guy is. Look, here's the deal. None of these people should be in the debates if you're polling less than one percent like a martin o'malley that's true they don't really have any uh, business being there but what happens is that their speaking fees go way up they're much more in demand no matter how badly they do and secondly there's always the chance they'll be on the short list for vice president and that would be fun because yeah. they, they drive you around when you're vice president. i happen to remember when martin o'malley's uh, campaign just went south it was when he said Responding to Black Lives Matter, he was on a TV interview. Right. He said, well, all lives matter. And the audience booed him. 
Mm-hmm. And then he came out and apologized I for know. saying all yeah. lives matter. It was kind of like, oh, you don't want that guy as president. He's what, apologizing what for saying all lives matter. What I a thought dope. his campaign went south when he announced he was running for president. Well, yeah, right <laughs> after that. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, this is the resolutions time. You know, end of the year, everybody's going to turn over and relief. I have got some really helpful information Oh, do here. you? Please tell. It's going to save your life. All right. There are six things that you can do to save your life. They came out with a study, and the study said laziness, yep. basically being sedentary, and lack of sleep can really dramatically shorten your lifespan, especially when combined with some other stuff. So so being sedentary is is number one. That Mm. is a really, really bad thing for your health. Uh, Lack of sleep, uh, I know that isn't a problem for you, Rob, (laughs) but uh, lack of sleep can be very serious. Then you add smoking into the mix. You add high alcohol consumption. And uh, no exercise. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a deadly combination. Why this, do I feel like you're specifically targeting morning radio guys? <laughs> well, it's just a coincidence. Now, the study uh, that came out recently concluded that smoking was the most dangerous risk factor uh, among the six Okay, factors. good. I'm okay. good on all the others. <laughs> now, th- but the small people, number of people for whom smoking huh? was their only vice yeah. of, of the six, they were 90% more likely to die during the course of the study. They looked at you know hundreds of thousands of people, uh, mostly down in Australia. I'm sure they're just like us. Uh, now, people who reported high alcohol consumption, which is defined as more than alcohol, 14 drinks a week, as their sole risk factor, they didn't seem to have a problem. You know, if all you do that's bad for you is drink a lot, you know, more than 14 drinks a week. Maybe they just not weren't aware problem. they had a problem. But no, no, the study says they're oh, fine. They're right. just, they're going along fine. But for those who combined heavy drinking with smoking, uh-huh. the risk of premature death was nearly tripled. So, you know, these are clear <sighs> these are clear guidelines as to what you ought to be doing. And now, when you add lack of sleep to the mix, the odds of an early death were five times greater, even though by itself... Lack of sleep was not a significant effect on mortality. So it's the combo of these things, all right? Will you quit preaching to me, please, yeah, Royal? Uh, Papa, don't preach, okay? Uh, now, <sighs> so, so we've, got, uh, we've got this sedentary issue. We've got the sleep duration. Um, when they joined the study, 7% of the participants were smokers. 19% were heavy drinkers. 17% had a poor diet. 23% got no exercise. And 25% spent more than seven hours sitting every day. What radio station did these people come from? <laughs> no, this is this is just Australians. Okay. Um, so they followed them along. 23% got too little uh, uh, sleep. Um, a third of the volunteers did not engage in any of these risk factors. Now, that's a little shocking to me. One third of the thousands of people in this study, it was 231,000, uh, didn't do any of these bad things. Love and, uh, to hang with those guys. Oh, yeah, it'd be that, a lot of fun. That, yeah. Wouldn't it? What a party. 21% of, of the 231,000 people had two of the six bad habits. Again, we're, we're talking smoking, sitting all day, no sleep, uh, hitting the sauce too hard. A bad diet and no exercise. 21% of these uh, folks had only two of these bad habits. 8% had three of the bad habits. 2% had four of the bad habits. And I get this. You're not going to mention my name, are no, you? No, no, no. We're getting to the Rob Marenko column. No, get this. One half of 1% had five of the six <laughs> bad habits. Now, I don't think that's true. Again, smoking, sitting, no sleep. Uh, alcohol, bad diet, bad exercise. Nobody had to pick six, all six? (laughs) Well, I'm getting to that. That's the punchline here. So only one half of 1% had five of the six, 
And now you want to know how many people had all six of these problems in their life? 0.04%. In other words, virtually nobody. Now, you believe that? I mean, I look around and I look in the mirror. Well, I don't smoke, but other than that, I mean, basically, I see yeah. a whole lot of people who are like five for six or six for six, and yet they say only 0.04% are like that. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you have your clear uh, guidelines. If you're interested in New Year's <laughs> resolutions, six steps that you can live forever. Yeah, right. Yeah, no problem at with all. With no fun. With no fun at all. Yeah, that's true. 614 The Time, Talk Radio 790-KABC. Bill Thomas, how are things looking on the freeways? 628 The Time, Talk Radio 790-KABC. Royal Oaks in for Doug McIntyre this week. Well, Rob Marenko, that was embarrassing. What's that? Uh, what I, part I, of the... Uh, yeah, I know it's, it's hard to narrow it down, but, you know, we the just... The 5 o'clock hour, the 6 o'clock hour, uh, which one? The, the interview. We just interviewed Dr. Anupam Jenna, a professor of healthcare policy at Harvard. He was so, he was so great, but I, I called him a woman, you know. I, I, I looked at the name. I, in my defense, every Anupam I've known has been a gal. Oh, yeah, you know, that's a great point. I, I mean, they all, really. And plus, and Anupam Jenna, the last name, you remember Jenna Maroney, the great character on, on 30 Rock? Of course. She was a woman, okay? Look, I'm going to give you a pass because you're yeah. sitting in Doug's chair, and Doug gets every guest wrong possible. Well, you know, but... but, but it, and has guests women for men and men for women constantly. It is embarrassing. You know what? I'm lucky he didn't just turn it around on me. I'm lucky he didn't say, oh, well, it's nice to talk to you, and congratulations on breaking the glass ceiling. There aren't too many female talk show hosts. <laughs> Royal. Royal is a, a girl's name, isn't it? Now, that would have been a good comeback by the professor from yeah. Harvard. No, I didn't do that, though. No, no, no. no. Uh, we've got headlines coming up, and Rob Marenko's got them. the time. Talk Radio 790 KBC. Royal Oaks in for Doug McIntyre. Well, Randy, I'm sure the Supreme Court Court would appreciate you playing the People's Court music. Uh, Chief Justice John Wapner. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, they had a survey uh, years ago, and they found that far more people identified the name of Joseph Wapner than the People's Court judge, than the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. <laughs> but uh, my plan was to talk about some Supreme Court decisions in this segment, so that's why Randy felt the People's Court. But, you know, I just think uh, John Roberts probably, he his feelings would be hurt, you know, if he was compared to the People's Court. But before we get to that... We have breaking news. We do now. Breaking on KABC. It's breaking right here. Uh, Prosecutors in Pennsylvania are set to announce this morning whether Bill Cosby will be charged with a crime. This is about an encounter that uh, a woman had 12 years ago with the cause. Montgomery County prosecutors say they will announce the results of a new investigation. Later on this morning, a former Temple University employee told the cops the comedian drugged and violated her at his home Near Philly back in 2004, Cosby said under oath that he had consensual sexual contact with the woman. A previous district attorney declined to charge Cosby in 2005. Prosecutors reopened the case as dozens of women came forward with similar accusations. So, 
this could be the first time that Cosby is actually charged with something as opposed to all these uh, civil actions. Well, it's interesting, him. yeah, that they would say, we're going to announce uh, later this morning our decision. I mean, if they weren't going to charge him, they I mean, would they really come out and say, we're going to have a big announcement because it's going to be a little anticlimactic. You know, okay, we've assembled this press conference. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you for, for all thank you coming. for coming. I want to thank everybody <laughs> on the staff who's worked so hard. And, you know, uh, Joe Schmedlap over there, 40 years at the DA's office. We're not doing diddly. We're doing nothing, okay? Bill Bill is a is a talent, okay? Bill is a comic giant. And so we're not going to No, I'm thinking this may mean that they're going to go after him. Now, I'm not sure how they can because I mean, I don't know, Pennsylvania, but in California, you know, on the criminal side, you, you got to do it within a certain number of of years. For example, if you're a minor, you can you can go after a guy and file criminal charges uh, within eight years after you turn 18. So basically, it's 26, and that's why this one of the ladies that have made the charges here in California against Cosby. Uh, she claimed it happened at the Playboy Mansion in the 70s. Well, she's now in her 50s, and so she's way past age 26. And the only exception in California, anyway, is if you suppressed the memory right. and you recovered the memory, once you recover it, you have three years to do it. But I don't think that's the deal in Pennsylvania. We'll find out because, as you mentioned, there are mechanisms that will extend that statute if there are some other circumstances involved. So we'll find out this morning either way, but it looks like we'll be hearing something about Bill Cosby and possible charges later on this morning. We'll yeah. bring it right to you as soon as we get it. Well, I mean, nothing but trouble for this guy, because not only are, are the old charges sort of bubbling up to the surface, and, and so far it hasn't bitten him in terms of an actual criminal charge or, or even an actual civil case that's been allowed to go forward. It's, some of them are still possibles. But there's a whole second front to the war, and that's the defamation front, because when you make a charge, when a woman says, okay, Bill is a terrible person, he drugged me, he raped me, assaulted me, or whatever, and when Bill says, oh, no, I didn't, then they have this war of words, and by him saying, no, I didn't do it, I deny it, he's also saying, and sometimes he says it explicitly, she's a liar. Right. And when he says she's a liar, suddenly she's got a brand new right to sue for defamation. It's a cause of action for libel or slander or defamation because if you're in court, you can say all sorts of stuff to the judge, to the jury. You can defame somebody and you can't be sued because it's called the litigation privilege. The law says you're entitled to really vigorously prosecute your case, defend your case, but once you walk outside the courtroom and you're just there in front of the press conference, then you're in defamation country. And, and so he's got that going against him. But as you say, Rob, he may have uh, Pennsylvania problems as well, and uh, we'll be watching that carefully later this morning. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if this is one of the people that Gloria Allred is uh, representing, and certainly if we could, it'd be great to get uh, Super Glow on to see if she has something to say about this particular case. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, bet, I imagine she is involved. The Time 654, Talk Radio 790-KABC, Royal in for Doug this week, and Bill Thomas is going to tell us about the freeways. 8.15 The Time, Talk Radio 790-K, ABC, Royal Oaks, and Doug, this holiday week, 
Hey, with news breaking minute by minute, count on 790 KBC to keep you up to speed. Now with the addition of NBC4 News, including a simulcast of the NBC4 4.30 a.m. news. Weekday mornings right before Doug and T-Ray. KABC adds SoCal's leading local TV news operation to CNN, AP, City News Service, and Westwood One as resources to better serve your news needs. Live and local, Talk Radio 790 KABC. So we... Um, We've been talking on uh, on the program this week uh, about some uh, about some Supreme Court decisions that are going to be coming down a little later this year, and uh, one of the one of the big ones has to do with the uh, teachers versus unions, and uh, it, it's really a huge story because. Uh, what's happening is that unions, of course, uh, are kind of desperate uh, about the fact that they have been losing power. If you look at the statistics, fewer and fewer people are actually uh, members of unions around the country. And so the unions have been fighting very hard to maintain their financial viability. And one of the ways they are financially viable is that a lot of states say that if you work in, in a, a place where there's a union, and if you say, oh, I don't like unions, I, I'm philosophically opposed to them and so on, well, that's too bad. You don't have to, you don't have to go to their mixers, but you got to pay their dues because, let's face it, to the extent they bump up your benefits and they bump up your salary, you get a bigger paycheck and you get, a be get better health benefits and so on. So it's not really fair for you to, uh, to get those benefits without paying the dues and participating. Well, there's been a real fight. Uh, over public sector unions, and the U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to take on a case about whether public employees may be required to contribute funds to public sector unions. And it, it's, it's a big deal out here uh, on the West Coast. It's a very big deal in the Northeast and the Upper Midwest because the public sector unions are just huge there. They are super strong. They generally support Democratic candidates, so they've been very powerful political forces in, in a lot of those states. And what the U.S. Supreme Court is doing, it's considering whether to overrule a decision it made decades ago, allowing states to force public employees to join a union or pay a fee to cover collective bargaining costs. And so if, if these teachers, California teachers, who, who filed this suit, they say they oppose union efforts to increase pay and protect job security. That could cripple, if they win, that could cripple public sector unions in a couple of dozen states uh, that have these laws forcing people uh, to pay dues as public sector uh, union members, uh, whether they want to or not. The big controversy about public sector unions has been, you know, this doesn't really make sense. It's one thing for the United Auto Workers to say, hey, General Motors is super powerful and they're rolling over us, they're, they're crushing us, we've got to be able to collectively bargain and get better benefits and so on. They're powerful, we're not. That's, that's one thing. But when you talk about public sector unions, it's a very different phenomenon because essentially what the public sector union is doing is they are donating money to the people who actually set their wages. So if the Board of Supervisors and the City Council people are running for office, the public sector unions are able to give them big bucks and essentially bribe 
the lawmakers to give them enormous benefits. And what we've seen is public sector union benefits just off the charts here in California. When you work as a public employee in California, you get vastly more income in terms of wages and benefits than you really are entitled to based on what the market system would suggest. And why is that? It's because you as a public sector union are able to flex your muscles, forcing everybody who is a public employee to pay big dues. You use those dues to then donate gigantic amounts of money to the people who set the wages of the public sector employees. So it's not an adversary situation where the UAW are, are the mortal enemies of General Motors. It's a situation where the employees in the public sector unions are basically bribing their bosses to pay them more money. And the U.S. Supreme Court seems poised to strike down the rule that forces dissenters in the public sector unions to pay that. It's a little like what we were talking about yesterday with this guy John Cox, this uh, multimillionaire who's got the initiative, uh, he wants to put on the ballot an initiative in 2016 that will force legislators in Sacramento to wear NASCAR-type logos on their suits when they're in uh, the legislature arguing in favor of a bill so that they will literally have to have a patch showing that they were given a, a certain amount of money by a corporation or an individual to have a little transparency. The bottom line is the public is entitled to know why their legislators are doing what they're doing. And when it comes to public sector unions, we kind of know why the legislators are doing what they're doing. They're handing out the big bonuses and they're handing out the huge amounts of benefits, far more than, than folks would be entitled to under the market system because they are heavily dependent on the contributions by these massive public sector unions. So that's one of the many cases pending in the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to have uh, half a dozen or so giant ones on abortion and election laws and so on. And of course, they'll all be kicked out the door uh, last, uh, last week in June and we'll be following the oral arguments and throughout the spring as they unfold. 821 The Time, Talk Radio 790 KABC. We'll keep following the, the story of the day, the Bill Cosby criminal charge filed in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, for uh, aggravated sexual assault. We're expecting more details on that, including a, a firm handle on potential sentence if Bill Cosby is convicted. So we'll get that all to you as well. 822 The Time here on KABC. Everybody wake up! I think I know what people want to hear when they first wake up. Chris, what is it? It's McIntyre in the Morning with Doug McIntyre and Terry Ray Elmer. 906 The Time, Talk Radio 790 KABC, Royal Oaks in for Doug McIntyre this week. Hope you're having a, a lovely holiday week. I know it's better than Bill Cosby's week. Boy, it seems like this has been just such a long time coming. You know, the, the rumors were circulating, the allegations, lawsuits. But then, sometime around a year or so ago, the, this young comedian just went after Bill Cosby and, and re- referred to him as a racist. And you know, it kind of shocked people, but, you know, there it was. And then it just snowballed all the facts, all of the allegations, all the women. Now, this morning, in case you've just joined us, the uh, district attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, has decided to charge Bill Cosby with aggravated sexual assault based on uh, an allegation from 2004. So they just got it in under the 12-year statute of limitations. He's looking at at least five years behind bars if he's convicted. Uh, his defenders are going to say that this woman who made the uh, allegation continued to have a social relationship with him for years after the incident. But 
That's to be sorted out. He's going to be arraigned. Bill Cosby will be in court this afternoon, so the charges will be read. He may enter into a plea, and so we will be following the story. But there are more pleasant things to talk about. For example, the upcoming festivities, the Rose Bowl, the Rose Parade, and we are delighted to be joined by the legendary Bob Eubanks, who once again is going to be behind the microphone calling the parade. Bob, welcome to KBC. How are you? Hey, thank you very much. I, I got a bone to pick with your sports guy. Okay, if, uh, lay it on us. Uh, Randy Wang, okay. uh, he, 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 can, he can handle yeah. the criticism. Go ahead. Papa John's pizza is good. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> no. Uh, Randy, need I remind oh. you, you are calling crazy a living legend, an icon of broadcasting Bob Eubanks. Are you sure you want to level that craziness charge? Rob, we got to take this guy out for some real pizza. <laughs> Yeah, well, Damiano's isn't here anymore. That's the problem. There's plenty of other good pizza. Yeah, there is. Papa John's is not one of them. Bob, it is such Are a treat. Are you me? <laughs> I, own, I own seven franchises. <laughs> it is such a treat to And they talk will not to be advertising here, I guess. Well, may, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe not. Bob Eubanks, uh, you and Stephanie Edwards have announced this is it. This is the the last roundup for you guys calling the parade. Is that is that the case? Say it ain't so. Yeah. This is it, uh, you know, 38 years for me, 35 years for Steph and I together. And uh, we just want to leave under our terms. But I just want your audience to know that no pressure has been put upon us at all to leave. This is our decision. And we want to leave while we're on top. It's kind of like Vince Scully said, you know. I was thinking the same thing, exactly. Yeah, nobody's Uh pushing Vinny out the door. He's just decided, look, you know, this has been terrific, but time to relax. Hey, you just don't want some money coming in and say, okay, you guys, uh, we're going to replace you this year. So, you know, Steph and I have been together a long time. Our ratings are twice of all the other stations put together. I was reading that. Uh, 1.3 million viewers turn into KTLA, and the others combined, all the networks get 377,000. It's truly amazing. So, you know, it's just time for us to go. And and, uh, we both agreed. Actually, she's the one that came up with the idea. And I said, are you crazy? This is easy money. But then uh, my wife and I got to talking about it. And But i got to tell you something. The people at KTLA have just been amazing. Uh, the, the, uh, the executives, the crew that works with us, uh, our uh, executive producer this year is a lady by the name of Jenny O'Hagan, who just does a wonderful job. And uh, so we're going to miss we're going to miss the people. But I won't miss going to bed at 8 o'clock and getting up at 3 on New Year's. We are talking to Bob Eubanks like I needed to tell you that. And, Bob, one of the great things about your career is that uh, you've done so many uh, amazing things. Uh, people who followed your career know that you, you were a star uh, on the Los Angeles radio scene, uh, top disc jockey. Uh, KRLA was uh, one of the, you, mem- you remember, uh, it, it, uh, the top stations in the nation. That was one of them. And you brought the Beatles to uh, the United States. You promoted their concerts, uh, 64, 65, famous Hollywood Bowl concert. Tell us what that was that like, that magical time. Well, it was a magical time. But, you know, when you're young, you don't realize uh, the importance of what you're doing. But uh, I... I think I'm the only living person to have produced the Beatles the three years they toured America. And it was a marvelous time. It really was. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've always, I wasn't a great disc jockey, but I was surrounded by great disc jockeys, the Casey Kasems and the Wink Martindales and the Dick Beyondies. And I realized that I'd better do something to make myself important. So Beatles came along and uh, 
I got involved with them, and it was a it was a, a great ride. I'm still enjoying it. Well, speaking of great rides, while you were uh, on top uh, in L.A. on radio in the '60s, you decided to uh, get into the game show world, and you know it's iconic there—the newlywed game plus a lot of other uh, shows, card sharks, and so on. I mean, people—the you know, newlywed game still runs, of course, on on the on the TV networks that uh, that bring us '60s and '70s and '80s stuff, yeah. and, and that has to have been a, a marvelous experience as well. Oh, it was wonderful. You know, here again, it was uh, my, my theory in life is you take what you know how to do and apply it uh, in other places. You, you play to your strengths. And uh, when, you know, Newlywed came along, they auditioned every disc jockey in town. Now, today they would audition weathermen. Uh, Say Jack was a weatherman. Letterman <laughs> right. was a weatherman. But right. Then it was disc jockeys. And I was lucky enough to win that audition. Never been on television before. Uh but had, in, in today's market, I swear to God, I've been fired the first week. <laughs> uh, at the end of the first show, Chuck Barris came to me and he said, uh, I need to talk to you. I said, what's the problem? He says, you've just done something I've never seen anybody do before. I said, what I do, man? He said, you went a half hour without blinking. So, <laughs> wow. So, now, th- yeah. that, that does have to be a record, yeah. Did they apply uh, drops to the eyeballs? Yeah, I was scared to death, man, I'll tell you. But, you know, Newlywed Game led to other things. Beatles led to other things. And uh, uh, and all along, I'm doing the parade, and it's 38 years. But after this, I... Wow. Well, we went out with a bang, didn't You know, I, ho- I hope that wasn't like a fail-safe moment. Holy smokes. Uh, if you've seen that movie, you know, the, the nuclear bombs, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that isn't what happened. Uh, uh, you know, Poor I, Bob I, Eubanks. I, I just I, didn't see that coming. It, Tune it, in to find out if he'll be at the wow. <laughs> It was such a treat to talk to him, though. I mean, I've never, I've never met the guy. I haven't either. And, no, but, I mean, to have a, a career, it's kind of like I read the biography of Bob Hope recently, and they just, he said he was the entertainer of the century, and that's because he was number one in the nation in so many things. He was the top guy in vaudeville in the nation, the top guy in radio, the top guy in movies, and then the the top guy on uh, television as well. Bob, uh, you're back. We had a little uh, a weird glitchy moment on the phone there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I was saying that I was analogizing your career to Bob Hope because he moved from venue to venue, whether it was vaudeville or radio or TV or, or movies, and, and and he just did great at all of them. And that's exactly what you've done throughout your career. Yeah, I certainly don't have one 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 hundredth of the talent that Bob Hope had. But you know, here again, you just. Uh, you just take what you, what you do and apply it somewhere else. You know, I'm out speaking to corporate America now. Uh, I do a pretty funny one-hour keynote called It's All About People. And uh, my oldest son is 57, and my youngest is 12. So I'm uh, having a great time being a father, too. Well, Bob Eubanks, you, do, uh, you have a great time at the last parade there. I know you're going to be uh, turning in early tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, best of luck in 2016. And my hat's off to KTLA Channel 5. They are wonderful. And thank you for having me on your show. No problem, Bob. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, Matt. 9.14 yeah. the time. Yeah, Rob. You know, it's one of the statistics, in, uh, Bob's in the Guinness Book of World, World Records. I wouldn't brag about it, but he has seen more horses poop than any other human being in, in the no. world. He's right. It's actually a category. Mm. In well, the, he, I know he's a horseman. He's had a ranch for years and years. Yeah, well, yeah, now well, he doesn't well, have to watch that When anymore. we do the whole hour with Bob Eubanks, yeah. we'll get into that as well. Exactly. But doggone the format here. 9.15, <laughs> but we do want to hear from uh, Bill Thomas because traffic is always of interest, and we uh, do it on the fours or the fives. How you doing there, Bill? 
936 The Time, Talk Radio 790K, ABC, Royal Oaks, in for Doug McIntyre this week. And we are following the breaking news. Uh, any developments in the Bill Cosby case, we will bring them to you immediately. He has been charged with sexual assault back in Pennsylvania. Up to yeah, I got our reporters calling me every couple minutes uh, you know, to keep me updated, so that's what you heard there. Absolutely. All part that, of the job. You're, you're following it. Plus, the affluenza kid. It uh-huh. turns out he's going to fight extradition, so uh, we're, we're following both of those stories. But it's that time of the year when people make New Year's resolutions, so we thought we'd check in with an expert, Dr. Peter Sacco. He's author of Breaking Those Damn Habits and Finally Getting It Right. Doctor, welcome to the program. Good morning, Royal and Rob. Gee, you guys uh, got your hands full today. I feel like I'm following a real tough act. Well, it, it has been a wild morning, but I, but I really in, uh, enjoyed the idea of talking to you because I was looking over the stats here. Half of Americans make resolutions for January 1, and according to research, 8% of them actually follow through and succeed. So I would think somebody like you, having written a book like yours, might have some good advice. Uh, what, what's your uh, what's your takeaway? Well, the first piece of advice I'd give is that those are accurate stats, and I would say rather than, than looking at the 92% that fail, let's look at the 8% that succeed. And what is it about those 8% that succeed? And the bottom line is, is, first of all, they choose to make the difference in their life. They're not being forced into it by another person or, uh, you know, the whole, well, it's January 1st, I've got to change. So they're doing it for intrinsic reasons because they believe they need to be a change and make the change in their life. I have heard a statistic that if you want to change something, you have to have 60 repetitions, you know, flossing your teeth or whatever you want to add to your life or take away. And if you heard something along those lines that however you do it, by whatever, and I know you've got advice as to how to do it, if you don't buckle down and do it about 50 or 60 times, it's not going to sink in? Well, <laughs> I don't know about the 60 times. Oh, but you'd have some really worn away enamel on your teeth with that. Um, yep. gen- generally speaking, guys, it's 28 days. If you can okay. maintain a habit, either a good habit, do something for 28 days, or remove it for 28 days, what you start to do is create new neural pathways in your brain, which are like little slopes, little grooves like an old, you know, 45 record where the needle goes into and that's the same with the negative stuff. So right. if you can do it for 28 days, guys, you're going to win. Yeah, it sounds like the same thing I was saying. You know, I mean, if you brush your teeth twice a day, then 28, you're talking about 60. So in other words, just repetition is really important. But, of course, you know, starting is also a big key. Uh, I've heard that people say a good procrastination cure is to just look at, at tasks and say, look, I'm only going to spend a minute on it. And if you start, of course, it's the old saw. Once you start, you know, you keep going for five minutes or eight hours or whatever you wanted to do. But the problem is some people just can't get themselves to put in that first 60 seconds. Is that your impression, too? Yeah, Royal. You, I couldn't have said any better than yourself. And that's what it's all about. And procrastination can be habitual, which it is for many. And it can also become very addictive. When I wrote this book, I've got over 20 years' experience working with people with the most severe addictions, from you know alcoholism, gambling, all the way to heroin. And one of the things I've learned from them, and they've taught me well, we're talking thousands of people, they said the bottom line is procrastination is at the root of most people's addictions. And that's why I wanted to put this book out there. In fact, I'd wanted to put it out for free, but unfortunately my publisher said no, we had to put it out for 99 cents, so <laughs> right. cheaper than a cup of coffee. And that was the whole thing with this book. I want people to see what the underlying problem is, which is procrastination. 
Dr. Peter Sacco is our uh, guest. He's the author of Breaking Those Damn Habits and Finally Getting It Right. Now, I've heard you say uh, about a few times, so I'm just going to ask you how long before you go back to Canada. Oh, I'm in Canada, guys. <laughs> okay, so I guess I was on the right track. <laughs> yeah, I'm up in Canada, but it's warm enough that I don't have to wear my toque today. You know take what I mean? off, eh? Yeah, take off, eh, hosers? Uh, let me ask you this. Hypnosis. A lot of people think that's a key to changing habits. Uh, you, you got an opinion on that? Is it just mumbo-jumbo, or is there something real about it? Oh, absolutely. It does work. I don't think it's mumbo-jumbo. I'll be brutally honest. I've done the stand-up comedy hypnosis talk circuit myself, so I have fun. Oh, but, you mean you turn people into clucking chickens? Actually, you know what, guys? I like to bring women up on stage and make them into Curly Larry Moe and Shemp. That's even more fun, because women, you know, they usually abhor and despise the Three Stooges. So, but yet they know how they are. Bill Cosby never took in your show, did he? Oh, God, no. That would be, oh. I would, I would probably hypnotize myself. Yeah, we don't want to go there. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, hypnosis does work. And that's, the bottom line is, guys, everybody hypnotizes themselves on a daily basis through tunnel vision. Right. You know, have you ever been on the, uh, the freeway down there? Good tune comes on. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, my God, I'm like at 75, 90 miles an hour. Like, how the heck that happened? It is amazing. You have no idea where the last 10 or 15 minutes uh, went, whether it's a song you're into, a conversation that you're illegally having on your phone, or just thinking about something. Yeah, and you know what, guys? That's how a lot of bad habits start, too, especially like overeating, um, smoking, whatever it is, the bad addiction. Or I'll even go one step further. Um, texting. There are so many people that don't even realize they've sent out twenty to 30,000 texts a month because they're so engrossed with texting and online social media. One technique people have uh, talked about in terms of changing habits that I've heard is get your friends and family involved to create an incentive. So if you tell them, hey, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, I'm changing, then you're going to be kind of embarrassed if, if you fall on your face and do it. Have you found that that's useful to sort of create this incentive to avoid the embarrassment of failing? Bingo. You just hit the nail right on the head. I think that when you put it out there and you say it and you state it, you do a couple things. First of all, you're accountable to people. You want to live up to your expectations as well as theirs. So you don't want to look like a schmuck. Secondly, by putting it out there, you get people's support. <laughs> One of the things, and you know, this is not for the squeamish of heart, especially if you're a parent, if you really want to make a change and really live to an accountability factor, tell your kids you're going to do it because you want to be a good role model. So there's even a greater incentive to yeah. do it children about succeeding so you set the example so you i believe guys you're even better at succeeding oh that, that's a great idea all right well dr peter sacco he's written breaking those damn habits and finally getting it right i guess the last question is you're not worried about losing all the evangelicals and not buying your book because it's sticking the word damn in the habit that the publisher didn't veto that no i'm not worried about that i think there's a lot of other you know cursory words out there but anybody can you know as i said go get it you can get it at petersacco.com as well as other free books i have there Excellent. Well, thank you for spending part of your day with us, and you have a wonderful holiday. They, they do celebrate New Year's up in Canada, don't they? We do, and I hope you guys have the best year down in L.A. It's awesome down there. I love it. Thanks. You take care. See ya. 9.44 the time. Hey, the L.A. Kings are on a quest for a third Stanley Cup in five years as they take on Calgary tomorrow at 5.30. Hall of Fame broadcaster Nick Nixon and former King Daryl Evans describe all the action. That's Kings versus Calgary tomorrow at 5.30 on the home of the Kings, 790 KABC. We do traffic on the fours. Bill Thomas, how are things looking? And 48 the time, Tuck Radio 790 KABC, Royal Oaks in for Doug McIntyre this week. So, uh, gosh, Rob Marenko, big uh, FX network series coming up here. Uh, the People versus Bart Simpson. 
No, no, no. No, that's weird. I mean, the yeah, people, that, what did Bart Simpson do? What the it's people? The, it's 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 OJ. OJ. Oh, Simpson. you're right. It's the people versus OJ Simpson. There okay. You go. So this, I mean, it's been 20 years, but the appetite is still there, okay? It's a 10-episode run starting on February 2 on FX Network, and it's the People vs. O.J. Simpson American Crime Story. So folks are really going to be enjoying this walk down memory lane. they got big names. Listen to this, right? Yeah, no, the actors are great. John Travolta is playing Bob Shapiro, okay? And O.J. Simpson... You want to guess who might be playing O.J. Simpson? I can't imagine. Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay, all Big, right. big name. Yeah. Now, this name, I have to confess, I don't know. Courtney Vance playing defense attorney Johnny Cochran. I, I'm not familiar with Courtney Vance, no. but I am familiar with Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, oh, and this will be fun. Uh, O.J. Simpson had a friend, Bob Kardashian, yep. a lawyer who, and maybe this will explain uh, the show, tie into the Kardashians. So Bob Kardashian was O.J.'s friend. David Schwimmer yeah. is going to be playing from Bob Friends Kardashian fame, sure. from Friends. Exactly. Well, i got to tell you, Royal, uh, this week I've been uh, guest hosting Red Eye Radio overnights right. here on KBC and filling in for the guys. And last night, in passing, I made some comment. I don't even remember what it was about, but I happened to mention the OJ trial. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, this I, took I, off, I got huh? call after call, at least a half dozen calls wanting to rehash the O.J. trial. So there's definitely interest. I think the producer is going to be pleasantly uh, pleased or surprised by the, uh, the the viewers on this. It's yeah, going to be a big hit. I'm kind of surprised they haven't uh, done this before. Yeah. But, yeah, those big stars, plus a few more. Bruce Greenwood, a veteran, uh, very uh, popular, well-known actor. He's playing District Attorney Gil Garcetti. Oh, and I love this casting. F. Lee Bailey, you know, he's the guy that uh, went after Mark sure. Furman. Now, have you said the N-word in the last 20 years? No, sir. If anybody said you said the N-word in the last 20 they'd be lying, right? Yes, sir, they'd be lying. And then he, F. Lee Bailey brings on the screenwriter, and the N-word is all over in the tapes and so on. So who's going to be playing F. Lee Bailey? Nathan Lane. Oh, good. Now, I'm a little worried, because what if he breaks, breaks out in show tunes, <laughs> you know, when he should be cross-examining Mark Furman? I think that could be an awkward uh, situation. <laughs> But, I mean, people are really going to get into it. And younger folks who, you know, they didn't live through O.J. and they hear, you know, mom and dad talk about it, they'll be they'll be exposed to the whole sure. thing. But I love the idea of Nathan Lane, you know, straight out of the, out of the producers uh, playing F. Lee Bailey. Uh, Faye Resnick uh, is, uh, is, is one of the characters in there. So the commentators have said, well, gee, maybe it won't be that popular because, after all, everybody knows how it ends. But there's still a, a mystery component to it because, you know, I've heard people speculate that O.J. was flying high on methamphetamines the night that he did this. And that's why when he saw that, that uh, the Akita dog was not uh, uh, angry at the appearance of the guy returning the uh, the glasses that caused O.J. Simpson to snap, and that's what caused him to uh, to kill both of them. But uh, maybe there'll be some uh, some twists and turns. Uh, yeah, there's still plenty of interest, and I, I I bet they'll have uh, some great numbers. Yeah, uh, I would I would think so. Uh, so uh, the O.J. Simpson uh, saga is going to be coming up on Feb too. So you were talking about the um, about your work, uh, Red Eye Radio. You're you're really not in a position to party down tomorrow night. Then I am not. You're not to be doing it well i gotta tell you rob um new york city and los angeles they did a little study are the most expensive cities for a night out on new year's eve tomorrow the average uh, price uh for new new york let's see it's uh six hundred dollars 
per person for dinner and a show in New York. Kind of kind of crazy. A little steep. Yeah. If you want to go see the Rockettes in New York, it's $432. Uh, Los Angeles is not all that far behind. Uh, I heard you reporting, by the way, that if, if somebody wanted to take in the Times Square action, there's an Applebee's and an Olive Garden restaurant right there in Times <laughs> yes. Square yeah. charging about $400 yeah. per head. Absolutely. You go in at 8 o'clock, uh, you come out at 1 a.m., you get the buffet, but 400 bucks for an Applebee's meal, that, that might be a little uh, hard to take. Yeah, but Bubba Gums is charging twice that. Oh, but, like 800 bucks yeah, in, they, in Times Square? But they, they have, I, I think they have better food. And uh, maybe they have a better view. I don't know, but that's a, it's an you know it's an alternative to be stuck out there with all the people <laughs> slamming against each other. You get what you pay for. Nine fifty four, the time. Talk radio seven ninety K A B C. We do traffic on the fours. How is it looking, Bill Thomas? 